everybody. It's Marcy from wavesofcommunication.com. I'm an intuitive speech pathologist and functional language facilitation expert. And I'm here to help parents and caregivers navigate the challenging space of caring for and raising up a child who's not talking yet. Today's episode of the Language Facilitation Helpline podcast is just one of hundreds that I've created for parents and caregivers to learn how to connect with their late talking child and facilitate the behavior, social skills, and speech development that they need to be successful in the world. You will learn strategies designed to help parents prove to yourself just how powerful you can be as your child's functional language facilitator. Hello, facilitators, and welcome to another video on the Waves of Communication channel and the Language Facilitation Helpline podcast. For those of you who are listening on the audio, my name is Marcy Melzer, and I'm an intuitive speech language pathologist and natural functional language facilitation consultant. And that means that I equip and empower parents and caregivers to facilitate better spoken language. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about functional tips for accurate speech. So this video is going to be more for those parents who are either already starting to hear your child say some words and those of you who are getting ready for that stage. Because I promise once your child starts talking, that's just when the fun begins. Because your job is to help shift the behavior into functional speech that everybody can understand. And that's what I want to help you with today on this video. So let's go ahead and get into it again. I'm going to be sharing with you what you need to know as a functional facilitator to help your child. And for those of you who have not yet, I just want to encourage you and ask you to head over to wavesofcommunication.com. And in exchange for getting the information here, I want to stay in touch with you. So sign up for my weekly newsletter and I'm able to give you this amazing get started guide to help your late talker become a chatterbox. I want to equip you with it and I want to show you what it takes, okay? And parents have many options on my website to become facilitators. So if you head over there, have a look around. There's a workbook. This, If it isn't fun book, I have a workshop. I have a Q&A forum, which is a monthly membership with a whole video library full of amazing videos like the one you're going to see today as well as personal consultation and professional certification if you want to become a caregiver facilitator. So let's get into today. We're going to be talking about five functional tips for accurate speech. And as I said, these tips that I have for you today are for you to help you evolve your child's speech. Because remember, just labeling a few things that they want and You know, maybe they might be saying more things than they did when you started your journey, but it's still not functional and even able to be understood by everyone because a lot of parents do a lot of 
um, guesstimating and figuring out and all of that stuff. And we want to equip these kids to be able to talk with everyone. So here is what we're going to be. I'm going to be sharing with you on this week's video. You're going to learn why some children develop inaccurate speech. Other children, late talkers, when they start talking, it sounds correct, but most late talkers develop real inaccurate speech, and sometimes it sticks longer. And you're going to learn how functional facilitation works for fast improvement in accuracy, not just getting more words, but getting those words spoken in a more accurate way. And then I've got those five tips I promised you to help you shift a child's habitually inaccurate speech into the functional, clear spoken language, like I said, that they need to be able to communicate with everybody. So remember, I talked about that shift. And as a facilitator, your job is to facilitate that shift from, you know, whatever the child's using now into something that's more valuable and functional. So when lay talkers learn the value of speech, they will start to use it functionally on their own without you needing to prompt them. They will shift from silence to labeling things. They will shift from stimming behaviors into verbal expressions. They will shift from tantrums into describing how they feel, and they will shift from pulling and pushing you around into actual functional demands where they say, come here, do this, give it to me, open it, you know, that stuff. However, as these late talkers get started in these expressions that they use on their own, they're going to emerge differently depending on their root cause for the delay. So I'm going to pull this back for a minute. It's important for you at this stage to understand in your own child what it was that caused them to be late talking. There are physical, environmental, and as a result, a lot of mindset things that happen on. But these physical, environmental things we're going to be talking about depending on what it was, which was the major thing. So ear infections um, and other kinds of Physical things that are diagnosed will be in that physical, and then the virtual autism kids will be in that environmental category. So let's talk about how speech emerges differently depending on what that root cause is. So this could be another indicator for you about what the root cause, or maybe a confirmation is what it really is going to be more for you because you already suspect as the parent or caregiver, what those factors were that contributed to your child's late talking. And based on those factors, their first speech, the very first things that you hear from them are going to be different. And let's look at what those differences look like. So remember those three categories that I'm going to sort of break down here is ear fluid and ENT infections, ear, nose, and throat infections. Those kids that were sick a lot, allergies a lot, ear fluid a lot, ear tubes, ENT visits, lots of doctor visits, kids who got sick in daycares, all of that. They fall into that first category. The second category is developmental language disorder. I've done a whole video on how there is already 20% of kids that are naturally late talking due to processing issues. And then there's also syndromes and physical illness, things like being a twin, all of that sort of thing, that's where the, the kids in the middle 
are going to be. And then the kids on in the right here, these are the virtual autism kids where there is no other indicator, no ear fluid, no other illness, perfectly healthy kid, but they spent hours and hours and hours on tech. So each one of these root causes is going to look different as the speech emerge. It doesn't matter what how you're facilitating, whatever you do, when you reestablish that connection, that's what's going to look like. And see, because all late talkers were, before you started your facilitation, poor listeners, and they missed. So when they were not listening to you, because they either couldn't hear speech models like the ear infection kids, or they were too busy healing or trying to figure out how to get their brain processing what's coming at them. This is all these medical kids are poor listeners because they're too busy with physical healing and dealing with their own physical symptoms. And then they might be able to hear, but they're not listening, right? They're not paying attention. And then these kids on the right, they're just distracted from people talking where there is lots of talking going around, but the child is not a listener. And kids, all late talkers, children who are poor listeners, they will miss most of the sounds and words that people are saying to them because of these reasons. And remember, these reasons make different output. So if a child cannot hear very well as they are listening to speech, even if they're listening on the tablet, they are going to, their first speech is not going to be accurate from the sound perspective. They're going to mix things up. They're going to replace things. They're going to leave a lot of sounds out. They're going to mush other things together. There's a lot of things inaccurate with the sound. So this child could be talking, but you can't understand anything that they're saying, or maybe you can understand them, but other people can't. And then these kids with developmental language disorder, with true autism, with syndromes, Down syndrome, um, or other physiological things, these kids will use inaccurate words. They don't um, develop labels quickly, or they might just develop labels, but they don't carry it on farther. They're processing. It takes them longer to develop speech. These are the OG, the original late talkers, that kids will always be late talkers, these first two categories. And then the late talkers, their speech might be coming out clear as a bell. You can understand the words, but they don't mean what the child intends you to mean or what you suspect they mean. That's where it's scripted or echolalia. So these are all inaccurate sounding to someone who's a purist, someone who wants the right words, the right way, sounding the right way, these are all going to be inaccurate based on these reasons. So I hope by now you're listening to your own child's speech and you're seeing which one of these categories, or maybe even more than one, they fall in and their speech is going to be. Because this is the true for sp spoken language. There is no doubt that garbage in, garbage out, which means that any late talker that is not processing language is going to use a distorted version of what's being said to them. They're not going to be able to imitate it, say it, hear it, do it, because it's not what you intend it to be. It's not the process. There's a problem. It's not being understood the same way it's being said, right? And the truth is that they can and will only use speech that they're able to hear, understand, and find valuable. And this is the most important thing for you to realize as you are teaching your child. Whatever you are teaching your child to say, if you're saying it, 
they're listening to it and they're deciding whether it's valuable enough for them to pick up and use for themselves. If you say, come here, and the child learns that from you, and they say, come here, and you come, just because just when they say come, the ch- you say come, the child comes, and then suddenly they learn from you that when they say come, you understand that that language means that thing, they will start to use it. And if they're using it inaccurately, it's not sounding like come here. It's not sounding like come mama. It's not even close to that, but that's what the child means. They heard you saying come here and they want to project that same message to you, but it could be sounds that you don't understand. It could be words that don't make sense. They could be saying here, 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 and they forget the come part because that's all they processed and learned. And this is what they want is they want you physically in their mind and their eyes and their being here. They, but that come word didn't get into their vocabulary. That could be the kid in the middle. And the child on the right would be singing, you know, Johnny, Johnny, la, 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 hoping that you will approach them because they're singing, right? Every time they sing, you go because they've trained you with some other behavior to understand the subliminal, the uh, the messages that are underneath and behind these scripts that don't mean exactly what they want to say. So that's what happens, folks. They look disordered and it comes from whatever input they heard. And that's why it's important for you to realize why you need to understand that before you start facilitating. Okay, so let's get back into what we're going to do about this, because now you understand that all lay talkers were bad listeners. And even if they did listen, they weren't paying attention and they certainly didn't pick up everything you need. Now, functional facilitation, what we're talking about here, this activates neuroplasticity for change in speech that sticks because speech development does not start in your mouth or the behavior that you do with your lips and your teeth and your tongue and all that. It starts in your brain. We talk for a reason and then The processes and areas of our brain that are responsible for speech output become activated, and then we talk. So with when we're talking about articulation, we're talking from a facilitation standpoint. Your work is going to start with what gets into the child's brain. And again, there is never a need to make a child repeat practice sounds, say the la 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 ooe ooe business. None of that is necessary because these activities are not functional and they don't help change the brain to teach a child to use these things functional, even though these are the foundations for so many speech therapy and even ABA people who are not speech therapy trained, this is all they know. They can get a child to do things with their mouth when they prompt them and cue them, but this is not teaching what you want. You want the child to use a clear, appropriate language that everyone can understand, not just do a thing with their mouth to get the reward in the therapy. That do the thing, the space between the child doing the thing in therapy to actually using language functionally is so far away from that functional experience that you really want as a parent that you're going to wait forever for it to happen. So 
all of you who are you working with speech therapists, if they're having your kids make sounds, single sounds, say single words, repeat them and do all that business without understanding these other like tips that I have going on, then it's time for a change because you're going to be waiting forever. And I promise you, if you've been in that therapy, think about how many weeks or months that's been going on and the output that you have. And if you try the tips that I have to share with you, you can see improvement in your child, self-corrected improvement within one week, within one week. You can see change in articulation, the words the child uses, and the way they say them within one week, especially these kids who are talking. So let's talk about how that works. Okay, remember, never, never a need to do any of these things. No need to blow, no need to chew, no need to do all that business unless you are doing a functional play. All right, so remember, we're working on the brain here, not the mouth. And the activities that build neuroplasticity to help the language processing structures of the brain, and there are many of them, all over them activating together, they require all five of these components. It has to be motivating and empowering for the child, not just repetitive and do it to get the reward. The actual activity has to be motivating and it has to be repetitive. And they have to see it daily and listen daily and practice daily. And it has to get harder and more challenging for them what they're listening to and what they're doing and what they're expected to do, right? What the accurate speech that they're striving for gets harder. It's not, doesn't stop when they learn how to say one thing. They Once they learn one thing, they learn more things and more things and more things. So it needs to be increasing. You cannot stay with the same vocabulary for weeks or days or months or anything. You have to always increase it. And it must include a motor task. And this is the, the secret sauce that helps the actual brain grow those muscles. In the brain's case, it's neuro development and facilitators in real life. Parents who send me true testimonials, they often attract better listening and speech attempts when they're facilitating something functional that is not even related to the mouth, right? <laughs> this, this parent is teaching about bike riding and this child's doing better speech. So no mouth needed. Let's talk about functional. Now, children who make the fastest improvement, their parents and caregivers are facilitators and they spend every single day listening to people talking. These are the kids that make improvement. They don't listen to videos. They don't listen to um, themselves all the time. They have to listen to people giving them speech models every single day. And those same people have to coach them. The reason you're talking to this child all day, every day is not to make them do things. It's to coach them through what they need help with in their life. I need this open. I need to do this. I'm bored. I'm hungry. All day long, these children are coming to you with problems and goals that they want your assistance with. And this is what you do. Just like the dad who is teaching his child to ride the bike, you're going to help your child by coaching them through the functional things they need and want in their life. Okay, so let's get into the tips. I've got these five tips to help facilitators focus on speech during functional activity. So you're going to use household jobs 
fun play experiences, and exploration opportunities to facilitate better speech accuracy. Okay, so let's get into tip number one. Come on, slide over slide. Okay, so oops, wait, before we get started, I just, if you're just joining me now, the way you can help me out is staying in touch with me. Sign up for my newsletter and get a free get started guide at wavesofcommunication.com so you can prove to yourself in that one week time how powerful you are. All right, so here's what we do. Oh yeah, before we get started, right? Before we get started, this is one more thing that I need you to watch. Remember, just like I said, those three reasons that your child was late talking, those root causes they're late talking, there is something else that you need to pay attention to as you're using these tips because If you don't pay attention to these things, these tips won't work for you. You'll stay stuck because they work together and sort of feed off of each other depending on your child's response to the tip that I offer. So here's what I need you to understand. These are the patterns of the child's independent speech. And this is what you are facilitating. I I don't want to say correcting. You are facilitating improvement from the child's perspective, self-improvement of speech. Now, in order to facilitate that self-improvement, you've got to understand what to change. This is where I'm turning you into a mini speech therapist, right? So these are the things that these lay talkers will do to make their speech sound not so good. Unintelligible is the word that a lot of them use. And maybe just you can understand it, but nobody else can. And these are the things they do. So you need to pay attention and find out which ones could be one or more of these that your child is doing. They could be leaving out the first or last sounds or dropping whole syllables. Elephant is effant, right? Um, Or spoon is poon, right? They're going to be leaving out things, the beginning or the end. Spoon could be poo, even in with these child, right? So they could be leaving out the S, they could be leaving out the blend, they could be leaving out the final, or they could be leaving out, you know, the beginning. They could be smashing sounds and words together, especially this happens a lot with bilingual kids. They'll, you know, use their Spanglish or Hindlish or Tamilish or whatever they have going on. And then They could be saying specific sounds or words incorrectly. They're not saying the S sound. They're stopping it. They're, uh, you know, they're um, only saying pop instead of stop. You know what I mean? Things like that. They're not saying um, words that move like sun. They just say un. They completely leave them out. Or they could be stopping them and saying bun for sun. They're just not using the sounds or they're using the wrong sounds. They could be using very few and sound more, I call these like the puppy kids. They just don't have a lot of consonants. They're not really using anything specific. Or they could be using only scripted and imitated words. Old McDonald. Yes, Old McDonald did it. Yet enough. You did it. You did it. You know, it could be these scripted things that the child's not using. And you need to pay attention to which one of these is happening. And these are a very, very brief version of what we in the speech therapy world called phonological processes. And that means that your child's brain is learning to say and use these sounds and words and put them together and try them out and whatever they're saying to you. But in their process of figuring all that out, they got into some bad 
habits and because they were saying poon instead of spoon and you just already gave them a spoon they you understood them because maybe it wasn't completely accurate but accurate enough because you're really good at reading this child's behavior and you know that the words mean those things or you're guessing or whatever but as long as you keep responding to this child's um, mistakes is basically what they're making because remember garbage in garbage out they're only saying what they were able to hear and what they heard wasn't accurate especially the ear infection kids these kids their whole exposure was bad the ones that are watching video they weren't listening and they were listening to something else literally one thing going into one ear and one thing going to another ear that's going to jumble things up in their categories in their little data bank in their brain of vocabulary and how to use it because those things happen in different parts of the brain and remember as they get practice using their functional speech this is why we use functional activities you don't sit in front of a table and do it because the actual if you're talking about toothbrushing and you're saying brush 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 because your kid calls that thing a bush and you're adding extra sounds to it so the child hears and you keep doing that, eventually they'll change. But if you don't, if you don't adapt yourself to a change for the child, then they will continue in these habits and they'll stick. Because remember, they're developing these habits in their brain. It's not a mouth thing. It's not a habit thing. This is the language they're developing. And you have the, the influence as the facilitator to get them developing it accurately, even if you hear it come out all mushed up. And that's what these tips are here for. So I hope you understand how this works. You don't make these kids speech improve. We don't make them do anything. Their speech improves based on your changed models using these tips and the way you speak, because it always with functional facilitation is about the way the facilitator speaks, using the right words, the right way, at the right time, so the child gets that stuff reorganized, all that garbage that they heard. They get it correct. They get it organized. They get it processed in a way that they're like, oh, you said that, and then they never go back to saying it the wrong way. So this is how important these tips are. For you to integrate and before we get into them please like this video if you're ready to get a whole new perspective on your child's functional speech these tips are going to really help you a lot about getting things more accurate all right so pay attention screenshot these things they could move from one to the other but you've got to know what they're making mistakes about because remember you're facilitating something better all right tip number one is make your child Make your speech super easy for the child to listen and analyze. And I don't know if you've been following my social media, but just this week, Christina put out my number one tip is to talk very slowly, especially when the child is doing an activity and they're thinking about the activity and they're focused on that stuff. The vocabulary and sentence structures that you say, make sure they're super clear. And super accurate because while your child is in the process of doing that thing and listening to you talk about it, that's how it's going to be. Now, tip number two is to create targeted language modeling opportunities. And this is where that slide that I showed you about what's going on, that's 
making their speech sound unintelligible or difficult to understand. You've got to know that. And you're going to choose toys and books on purpose with tough words. And you're going to emphasize the correct production of the target sounds, the sounds that your child is mixing up or messing up or whatever. Okay, so here's what we've got. You're going to try to avoid correcting inaccurate speech, even if it seems inappropriate. So I've got, I just want to share really quick my Haley, who got to say congratulations to Haley because, (laughs) excuse me, Charlie's turning into a chatterbox and he's literally saying words popping out every day, new words all the time. He picks up a thing, words pop out. He joins a thing, words pop out. He does the thing, words pop out. That's because his mom has nonstop started facilitating and talking. Now, Charlie is one of those kids that falls into the first category, was ear infection big time. Not just once, but repeated and repeated and repeated times where he not only had ear infections, but he also had physical illness, wellness problems. So there was a lot of time you didn't even feel like talking or listening, let alone be able to hear what people were saying. And this little guy has been, uh, you know, he's pushed through every experience to be this, you know, little bulldozer of a guy who just loves life. And this guy, what he started saying instead of fire truck was fire without the R in the word truck. So you can imagine how that sounds. And this is super common mistake. The fire, yeah, that one thing that happens, a lot of kids will say it. And if especially if they get a response to you and you say, oh, no, you said that and you keep saying it and whatever. In that moment, your child's not going to listen to the correction. They're going to listen to, they know what they know. It's already been programmed, especially if they've said it more than once. If they say it and you get a reaction, it's going to more, it's going to teach it more. It's not going to unteach it. So the idea here is to don't focus on the errors. You're always making your speech better. So try to avoid correcting inaccurate speech, even if it's inappropriate and they're saying words. They don't mean it. They're talking about this toy, okay? And the child will learn better when you show them the right way. Stop focusing on the wrong way. No need for that. We're focusing on the right way to get this child's brain around what that thing is actually called, a fire truck. Okay, number three. If your child is saying inaccurate words like that other one we just talked about, you're going to recast them. And recasting means just say it back. Oh, you said X. And that's the inaccurate word. You're going to recast it in a phrase that confirms that you completely understand the message. And that's how you're going to keep it functional because it's in a phrase. You found the fire truck. I love the fire truck. And you're not focusing on that word, even trucks too much. You're focusing on what the child loves about the fire truck. And you're just giving the models over and over and over. Drive your fire truck over here, okay? Because you're going to recast the thing that's correct. And that's how the child see what happens with this one. If you've ever been, uh, all of you who are English's second language learners, or you've ever moved to a place where you had to speak 
the language of the location and it's not your first language. Every foreign language learner has had the same experience. You're going to mess it up. The first time you heard it, if you're catching things while you live at a place, you're going to say it wrong. And then people around you are going to respond. If it's really wrong and you say the wrong word, like the child says that fire truck wrong, you're going to have a lot of people correct you as an adult and do all of that stuff. But how does that make you feel when they stop you and say, you said it wrong? Or instead, they just said, you know, my favorite uh, analogy for this is cup of tea. We have cup of tea everywhere. Everybody drinks a cup of tea. And if you didn't know any English or you just knew tea, right, that word tea, and I said, would you like a cup of tea? And you thought you wouldn't know what I was talking about. You wouldn't know that I was talking about a, a vessel that has liquid inside, right? You would you wouldn't understand. You would think that I was talking about some three-syllable cup of tea thing. What is she talking about cup of tea? What's a cup of tea? What's a cup of tea? And if you know the language, it seems like that's silly, right? But if you don't know the language and you don't know cup of, that of part, you might know cup, but you don't know cup of tea is how people ask it. Because in your countries, they might say, do you want tea? Or do you want chai? Or let me give you chai instead of asking if they want it, right? And if you don't understand English, you're going to mess that up and be confused. But if someone says it slowly while they're handing you a cup of tea, I have a cup of tea for you. Here is a cup of hot tea for you to drink. And you know the word tea and you know the word cup. And you hear it very slowly and easily spoken back to you. Even if you said, you know, you were trying to say cup of tea, but you said it in your own language because you didn't know how to say it in English. You just said chai and you said, oh, in English, we call this a cup of tea. Your brain goes, wow, yes. Now I know I can relate. My brain can understand. It relates the new learning to the learning that I already have, even if it's visual, even if it was another word I used to be calling it. The first time you understand the correct way to say something and you realize that you've been saying it wrong for a while, you change it, okay? And I know that was a long story, but this is what happens to late talkers when you recast consistently. They say, I got this thing. They call it a pumpkin, a pumpkin. And where you say you call it a pumpkin, you know, this is pumpkin. I can play with this pumpkin. And the more you just do that for the child who you have facilitated to be a listener, because remember, this doesn't work for late talkers that aren't listeners. You got to already get that connection going. And the reason your child is saying words is because you're talking a lot more and they're giving you examples, right? So that's the idea here. With this strategy is when they say something inaccurate, you say, oh, I know what you're saying. You found the fire truck. I love the fire truck. Ooh, bring that fire truck over here or whatever it was that they said. So you understand the difference. Okay. Now, as I said, most late talkers begin to self-correct their speech when they become better listeners. And the trick about this is, remember, you have understood that your child can't say that R blend. 
and other things, you know, rug and racetrack and rat and other things they might be able to say, but they're not using it in that word because remember when they heard that word fire truck, it was spoken so quickly, they were focusing on playing, they didn't hear it accurately. And that's why you have to change, okay? So after they hear you say it accurately over and over and over again, because you've done that tip number two, you've got every fire truck toy out. You've got every fire truck book. You get the fire truck. You go visit fire trucks. You go, you fire truck imbibe your child with over and over and over again. And then every time he says it inaccurate in public and whatever, you go, yep, that's the fire truck. And other people, oh no, he said blah, blah, blah. Doesn't matter doesn't matter. Your child needs you to focus on what's right, recast what's right, teach them what's right, and they will pick it up. You have to trust them. You have to trust them because it doesn't happen immediately. Just like I talked about on the video last week, it might take 10 or 20 exposures. That's why you've got to get these um, activities that you dive into the exact problem your child has and talk about it all the time because your child is wanting to avoid those things if people are laughing at them or not understanding them to do those things and otherwise how they're going to facilitate it they won't get into and try these hard things that they have made mistakes on that they've programmed wrong in their brain you've got to get the, them to reprogram it by choice when they hear the better response okay and that's what this is your better language models show them the correct way to talk and they will pick it up and they will do it and they'll correct you if you say things once they learn how because they're experts then. Okay, tip number four is to offer practice. Tough sounds or processes. And this is for the child who understands. So this tip number four I suggest for kids that are older than three or four years old where you actually get out, you know, you get out those flashcards and you do those things and you look at the thing and you slowly read the book and you slowly do. So it's similar to the other one, except for the, the difference about this tip is before you start, you present it as we're working on speech. You know, I've been listening to your speech and I hear that you always drop off this part of words. That's why you have to have a child that's older than three or four so they can understand the concept of, you say it, you know, poon, and it's supposed to be spoon. And you can, you got to show them pictures. This is the spoon. That's what speech therapy is. And, and this tip is only necessary, again, for these older kids where it's been embedded. That habit has that the phonological process is stuck with the child to the point where they always sound like for, they're from Boston because they always drop the R. Or they got the lift with the tongue like this sticking out, right? All those things, right? They're, if they're saying inaccurate or using inaccurate and they're habitually doing it without anybody working on it, it's going to stick long term. And that's how you have lots of adults who have speech problems because they never had anybody help them focus on it. You don't need a speech therapist. That's what speech therapists do. But remember, at, by the time you show up to the speech therapy session, this is what the speech therapist might be doing in addition to what you're doing is it has to be functional. Yes, we're looking through cards, but you understand that it's like a gym workout. Not all the lifting weights and doing all that is functional, but there's a reason you do it. Like I lift this weight to build my biceps so I can carry groceries, right? If you're working out as a mom, 
there's a reason. You either want to lose weight, you want to get stronger, you want to be able to run a marathon, you want to be able to chase down your kiddos who are busy. There's a real reason that we do everything. And any therapy you do that works on sound production, that child has to be 100% bought into the task of, oh, I'm saying the L sound wrong and I've got to fix how I say late and use my tongue and lift it up and do that stuff. So this is the the home-based therapy. And it basically looks like, again, targeted things, games, books, all those things that are available that speech therapists use to get kids to focus on saying the right sound. So this is your gym workout tip, tip number four, just to help you get the child's mind on, ooh, I can talk better. My speech is clearer. And the tip for this one is to practice in front of a mirror so your child can see your mouth and theirs too. And you will see a lot of late talkers at this stage, whether you're doing it or not, looking at themselves in the mirror, in the television, in reflective services, you know, for surfaces so that they can look at what their mouth is doing. They are training their brain to help their mouth move. This is the only way they'll do it. They'll look at you and watch you. And your only job is just to speak slowly and carefully and look in the mirror. All right, here's tip number five. And that is to create weekly videos of speech to analyze progress. Because remember, these you're not going to know if it's getting in functionally unless you see your child using the new speech processes that you have modeled independently. And if you record videos of them while they're at the park or while they're playing or while they're at home or while they're talking to you on the phone, you know, just videotaping yourself, having a conversation with your child, that's how you're going to tell whether they're using the new concepts or they're stuck in stubborn habits. And that's how you're going to know what to focus on for the next week, because Unless you know what the child's doing, this is why speech therapists have to record data and I've got a whole thing. So the other thing that I just want to make sure that you understand is that you have to provide a ton of support because this child is working hard to be understood by more people. They don't like to be misunderstood. They don't like it when people assume things about them because their speech is unintelligible or they're not using speech. Because remember, these kids will stop talking. They'll use the wrong words. They'll come up with other things because they know that people don't understand them when they talk. And they know that because people talk down to them or they question them or they ask them a lot of questions. And these kids will get angry and frustrated because they want people to understand them more than anything. They don't want the people who are signed up to help them, especially their moms and dads and caregivers, to make them do stuff. Even their therapists, they don't want to show up and and do stuff that is hard work. They want to show up and have opportunities to learn cool stuff. Let's try this. Let's do this together. Let's show let me show you how to play with this fun thing, and then invite you to join me to have an experience you've never had before. This is what it takes. And then once you like it and enjoy it, you've got to do it again, and you've got to do it every day. So whichever of these that you pick, these tips, 
your workbook will help you put it into your plan every single day so that you decide what is the activity, at least one every day that you're going to work on this thing. And the more you do up to four times a day, you should work on speech and you can work on one time of the day saying new words. You can work another time of the day on improving the L sound. You can work another time of the day on social things and talking to other people because it doesn't matter how you are facilitating. Your child's learning all these things at the same time. If you use all your intervention time, the, the precious time you have to connect with your child when they're actually feeling good and ready to listen to you and sit down and play and learn from you. Those precious few that you have time and they have time and everybody feels good. You can't waste it doing the same prompting over and over and over again. A functional facilitator will facilitate the right words, the right way, the right time, and you will pick ahead on your day, those four opportunities that you're going to work on speech in the morning when you get ready, while you're eating a meal, while you're driving in the car, commuting to or from, there's opportunities all day long to have 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes up to an hour that your child is listening and learning and understanding and you're listening and learning and understanding about your child more and more and more. You see these new habits come if they're doing it accurately and they start to change their speech. You've got to give them a lot of support in this process. And and congratulations and, and kudos when they do it, how much better their speech is sounding. And if you record those videos every week, just share them with your child. Remember when nobody could understand and now you're telling me the whole story about Peppa Pig or the book you read or the bike you rode or the thing you did or how you helped me carry the groceries or what letter daddy got from grandma in India or who knows? what you're going to talk to about your child. It doesn't matter. Every day, there's a new opportunity all day long, all day long. Okay. So support, tons and tons of support for your lay talker because they want nothing more than to be understood. And that's what these strategies are about. Okay. One more time, I want to ask you, please sign up for my Get Started Guide and my weekly newsletter to help your child become a chatterbox please head over to wavesofcommunication.com. And the last thing I want to leave you is this. To make improvement real, functional improvement real, real fast. There is no diagnosis needed, no worry needed, and no expensive therapy needed because parents and caregivers are the best functional speech and behavior facilitators. When you know what you're doing and you have a plan and you set aside the time, to connect with your child. That is what it takes. That's what it takes, everybody. And without it, you're going to stay where you are because the only way you're going to get out of this habit that your child is building their brain currently with the language that they're using now. And I say that with that word language with air quotes because it's a combination of things. They're using facial expressions. They're trusting you to just guess and read their mind and know what they want. They're using sounds. They're singing songs. They're facial expressions. They're pushing and pulling and dragging and pointing and shaking their hands and flapping and walking on their toes and all of those things. Because remember, all behavior is communication. And it's up to a parent and caregiver with every single day facilitation to help change that brain. So you 
can facilitate the shift. Remember, your child is making the shift from functional whatever they're using into functional spoken language that everybody can understand because their communication is functional for anybody who responds. If you just know what they want to respond, then you learn that because they showed you through their behavior. Every single day I ask for this. Every single day I go potty and poop at this time. Then you put them on the potty at that time without asking, without talking, without facilitating. Guess what? You're going to be doing that potty routine forever because you're not facilitating the independence. Okay. And that's how speech facilitation works in a functional standpoint. You use the activities of your everyday. The workbook shows you how. The um, Get Started Guide shows you how to get started literally within the first week. And when you do, I want you to to hit reply on that newsletter that you'll get every Sunday and let me know about what you're doing to help progress with your, to help facilitate progress with your child and get them school ready, social ready, party ready so that they can go out and share their wisdom with the world. And that's what I'm here to help you do. Hopefully these strategies were helpful for you. Again, please like this video, share it with your friends because this is a really important one to help you make big, big shifts. Now stay tuned to the channel. Next week, I'm not going to be live. I'm going to be starting a new series where I'm going to be doing some demos so that you can see some examples of the kind of facilitation that I'm talking about using the toys and objects and activities that I have around my house. So stay tuned about that. The first one's going to drop next Thursday just to give you a taste of what that's going to be while I go to a podcast conference and meet more parent facilitating coaches. I want to find more people who work with parents because this 2024 is the year when systems are going to be breaking down and parents are going to need options. You're not going to have speech therapy available. The wait lists are going to get longer. The kids in schools who are late talking and non-speech are increasing and um, your child could be left behind if you don't pick up the pieces and take back the functional facilitation and responsibility for your child's developmental experience. Um, If you don't, if you give it over to these schools, you're going to be disappointed with the outcome that you get. If you want to know for sure the outcomes that your child is going to show, the speech they're going to use when they get older, the, the things that they know, the cultural values that they have, the way they treat other people and the social skills that they instill. If you want to know what that's going to look like when your child's 15, it starts today with how you facilitate those things. Because if you're not happy with your detached, video-addicted child who's talking in single syllables because they're not, and I'm talking about kids older than 5, 10, 15 years old even, are really stuck in some situations that their schools are, are struggling to respond with them. So Colleen says, thank you. Thank you for watching. That's my last thing I want to say to you. Thank you so much for watching all of you. And I'll see you next week for more facilitation. Visit wavesofcommunication.com. Please sign up for my newsletter. I need you all to stay in touch so that I can keep you understanding how you can't give this up. This is a long-term job. And I want to be here for you the whole way until you facilitate your child's speech development to the point where they're a chatterbox and you're like, oh man, what did I do?
<laughs> open Pandora's box for your child to share their wisdom ideas as wild and crazy as they might be with the whole world. That's what we want. We need these kids. They are our future and we need them to tell us what's on their mind. It's up to you as facilitators, their parents, to get them doing it. And I'm here to help. Let's get going. Happy 2024. I'll see you next week. Bye for now.